Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. We're going to start with some prayer, and Paul's going to lead us in that tonight. So rather than standing or anything like that, if you would, though, just turn to each other. Let's say hi. Let's look at each other's faces. Smile at each other. Be one community together. And if you wouldn't mind, as we enter into this time tonight, we'll just pause. We'll take a moment of quiet and silence to let go of the day and enter into the moment, recognizing the presence of God here. Welcome, everyone. Paul, thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm so excited to see many of you back again. Um, some of you I know I met at Mass. Some of you were here this morning on for our beautiful retreat. Y'all blew my mind. We planned for 40, and 100 and something people showed up this morning, which was, we had a great day. So tonight, I love that this is kind of the last thing that I'm talking about at St. Patrick's. It is one of my all-time favorite prayer methods. 
And it's really a prayer method that anchors not only my individual life, but it's a prayer tool that I play with my kids and even with groups and organizations that I'm, that I'm part of. And even with groups and organizations that I'm, that I'm part of. So I'm hoping that no matter what stage of life that you are in right now, that you can find an entry point to the examine. And that's the prayer tool we're talking about tonight, this 500-year-old prayer tool from St. Ignatius. To talk about the examine, I have to tell y'all when I learned it. So as y'all know, I'm from Louisiana. We talked a little bit at Mass this weekend about hurricanes. I was in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, during Hurricane Katrina, right, which I know we all know about. And at the time, I was working for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And my brother and sister were down, my brother and sister-in-law were down in the storm. My brother is a doctor, my sister-in-law is an ICU nurse. And they were down in New Orleans during Katrina. And so Katrina, as y'all can imagine, just being from South Louisiana, had a profound impact on my life. And over, overnight, our city doubled in size in Baton Rouge. To this day, Baton Rouge has not caught up with the infrastructure of the people that showed up on our doorstep in, in August of 2005. Like, we're still trying to get caught up. So, as you can imagine, that storm, not only living through it, but in the months and months after, had significant impact on me. Catholic Charities shares a parking lot with dioceses, like the actual diocesan offices. And so for 18 months, when I drove into work in the morning, the line for Catholic Charities from Katrina victims was already, I mean, all the way, almost like two blocks long, right? And in the days right after Hurricane Katrina, whenever we, you know, our diocesan offices were open, I just can't even tell you the number of people that just showed up and they were just so desperate for help, just trying to look for loved ones. Right? We'd have people just walk down our hall, and they had lost everything. Right? People had lost their some people had lost loved ones. They lost their means, their livelihoods. Um, it was a hard time, as you can imagine. And one of the things that was hardest for me was holding space for my sister-in-law, who was a nurse, like I said, during the storm. And she had lost nine of her 11 patients in, in, that were in the ICU, right? She literally was hand-cranking, like, ventilators to keep people alive, like, up on the helipad. So needless to say, months after this storm, I was in a major crisis of faith. As, I mean, I just, I was asking, where in the world was God, right? How, where was God in the middle of this? And our dear director of our diocesan office, I think really sensed that his entire staff, we, we, were in a, we were in a pretty bad place, right? Spiritually, we were worn out, physically, mentally, because it was not only ministering to people, but it was we were trying to get adjusted in our own lives to the loss that we had personally experienced. And so Charles, who was my, he is the man that called me into ministry, I should say. He's the one that literally called me, y'all, during Hurricane Ivan. Hurricanes are significant in my life. So during Hurricane Ivan, he's the one that called me and said, Becky, I want you to come work for me. And, and his phone call is what led me into full-time ministry. And so this man, Charles, has a beautiful, just 
he's been a mentor so long. And so he calls us all together as a staff and tells us we don't have a choice, but we're being sent on retreat, <laughs> right? He knew we were in a bad place. So I go make, I go drive down from Baton Rouge to New Orleans. I mean, y'all, it was just this total, just kind of ironic moment where the retreat house that I attended was right on the shore of Lake Pontchartrain, right? Which is the huge lake, if you haven't been to New Orleans, that did so much of the damage, right? It's the water came over the levees and flooded so much of New Orleans. So this is the place where my silent retreat happens. And there was a priest there who was leading our retreat. His name was Father Matt Lynn. He's a, he's a Jesuit. I don't know what province he's from. But on that retreat, Father Matt, he must have sensed it was a women's retreat that we needed to talk. We weren't supposed to be talking, but we were all from South Louisiana. We had all experienced Katrina. And I think as the good just retreat facilitator does, he read the room. And he realized we needed something to process what had happened, right? We needed a way to pray through the storm. So in the middle of the retreat, on Saturday afternoon, all these little like notes get put up in the hallway that says an addition has been added to the schedule. Come meet Father Matt in the room mid-Saturday afternoon. So we go in there, and Father Matt is the one who taught me, taught all of us this prayer, the examine. And what he invited us to do was simply bring our experience of the storm before God. Going through the five steps that, y'all hold in your, that you're holding in your hand, right? He invited us to ask God to show us the storm as God saw it. He asked us to look back and note what we're grateful for, where we maybe experienced God's presence, where we struggled, and finally, what were our hopes for the future. And y'all, the first time, when, when I prayed this prayer, sitting in this little bitty room, it was the cynical retreat house in New Orleans, I mean, tears just came flooding and flooding down. Because it was the first time I actually could name that God was actually part of that storm, right? Not causing it, right? But the big thing is I was able to see that God was there in all the people that helped. Today at the retreat, I met a woman whose son is a helicopter pilot. Is she here by any chance? No. Her, his name was something O'Brien. And he was one of the helicopter pilots during Katrina and saved over 450 people, right? Wow. And when I prayed the examine that day on the retreat house, it was the first time I could go, oh, God was there, right? Through the people working, through the ways people opened up their doors to let people in, through all of the just support that was happening, right? The Cajun Navy, as we call it, was out in full force, and all the fishermen jumped in their boats and just went down to New Orleans and just rescued people, right? So this prayer for me is very near and dear to my heart. And so Katrina was now, what, 15 years ago this coming August? Is that right? Yeah, 15 years ago. And this has steady been a prayer that I come back to over and over again. And 
Some places we read that St. Ignatius tells his brother Jesuits, I don't know if this is actually a true thing. I've tried to research to find out where St. Ignatius really said it. But in some places it says that St. Ignatius believed in this prayer so much, he told his brother Jesuits, if you pray any prayer at all, pray your examine every day, right? And a Jesuit commits to pray the examine twice a day, right? Two times a day. As a layperson, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm just going to be real. I'm lucky if I get it once, once a day, and, and often I do. But what the examine is, is it's a prayer that helps us pray our lives. It helps us bring our lives before God. And so before I really go into the steps, I just want to tell you a little bit about this beautiful saint that gave us this prayer. Who, who in here knows St. Ignatius of Loyola has heard a little a bit of his story, right? Some have. Most have. Some of you haven't. But what I love about St. Ignatius is, y'all, he's so like us. I mean, part of the reason we have the great legacy of Ignatian spirituality is the man was vain, is truly, like his story is, if you don't know it, a cannonball hit his leg in the middle of a battle, and he goes to get laid up in his sister's castle to recover. And I always, I want to meet his sister, by the way. When I get to heaven, she's going to be one of the first people I talk to, because this is the question I want to ask her. Did you really only have two books in your castle? Or did you have others, but you only gave Ignatius two books to read, which was one on the life of Christ and one on the book of the saints, right? Because the story goes, there were only two books in the castle. I just don't believe that, you know? Maybe so, I don't know. But so he reads this life of Christ. He reads about the saints as he's laying on his conversion, on his bed, which, oh, by the way, he's laid up in the bed because there was a bump on it that he didn't like. So he asked the doctors to cut it off, right? So that's what he ends up laying up in his bed forever. And as he's reading this book, these books, he decides that he wants to lay down his sword as a soldier and follow Christ, right? To follow the saints, to imitate Christ. And so he goes through after his conversion moment, he goes and lays his sword down at the Black Madonna at Montserrat, and then he finds himself for a year living in the caves of Manresa, right? In Manresa, Spain, out in Spain. And he's working, he's begging, um, he's spending hours and hours in prayer, and he has this beautiful, this huge moment that defines Ignatian spirituality that's along the banks of the River Cardinair, where he says he steps outside and it's as if he sees God in everything, right? God in everything. And so here's a quote from his um, autobiography that comes from this. And he says, while he was seated there, meaning on the banks of the river Cardinere, the eyes of his soul were opened. He did not have any special vision, but his mind was enlightened on many subjects, spiritual and intellectual, so clear was this knowledge that from that day, everything appeared to him in a new light, right? Everything. And I don't know, I've never really had a total River Carnaire moment, but I know that there's been moments when God has revealed something to me in such a way that I, can ever, I can't ever unknow it, 
right? I can't ever unknow it. And I think Ignatius had a moment like this here where his eyes were opened that he began to understand that God was in everything, right? And so this is a key principle of Ignatian spirituality, right? The the spirituality that Ignatius gave us is that we can find God in all things, right? Not just our sacraments, not just in the church, but that we can be outside in nature. We can be with people, books, music, what we watch on TV, the people we interact with can teach us something about God, right? So this is a key principle, a foundational thing that really anchors what Ignatius is about. And it's very tied to the prayer that you're holding in your hand, right? And it's why Hurricane Katrina, which obviously did not happen in a church, that happened all over the South, even in that storm, I was able to find God in the middle of it, right? I was able to find God in it. So let's think about um, what the examine is. And I've talked a lot about my older son and my, little, my littlest daughter, but I haven't talked a lot about my middle child, Abby. She's my little redhead, red hair, blue eyes. And when I think about the examine, it often reminds me of this moment when we lived in Dallas, Texas, and Abby loves to put puzzles together. Do y'all, do y'all have any kids in your life that like are real, like they love to put puzzles? Or do you yourself like to put puzzles? Yeah, you like to put puzzles? So this was one of these days where it was, rain, it was a rainy day and we were in the house and we had like put together every puzzle that we owned. You know, do y'all ever, you have a day like this? So we have, you know, all the puzzles are spread all out in our house in Dallas. And, you know, we go to pick up and we had, you know, taken our time to make sure every puzzle gets like put back in its right box. And so Abby, you know, we have, she's holding the box of puzzles. There's like five or six puzzles like stacked together. And I've got a stack and we go to walk upstairs to go bring the puzzles and put them where they go. And what happened? Y'all know what happened, right? They all fell apart. They all, the box went tumbling. And so we've got a total mound of puzzle pieces spread all over the place that we have to sort through. And so it took us, gosh, y'all, it took us like two hours (laughs) to go through. And she and I would look at a puzzle piece and we're like, hey, does this one belong here? Does this one belong there? And in the middle of that, because this is how God speaks to me, right? God gives me insights in the middle of like sorting puzzles, (laughs) sorting puzzle pieces. And I was like, you know, this is kind of like the examine. (laughs) This is what the examine feels like. I'm sitting with Jesus, or God, or the Holy Spirit, whoever I'm calling on, and all the pieces of my day are spread out all in front of us, and I'm asking God to show me my day. And like one by one, we're picking up the pieces of my day, and we're looking at it, and we're talking about it, and we're seeing if it's a gift of my life, if it's a moment that I had consolation where I felt God, if it's a place I struggled, I fell short, And God, it's like we build out the puzzle of my day together, right? That's what the examine feels like to me, right? It's a step-by-step process of Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit showing me my day, showing us our day so that we can understand what God is trying to say to us, 
right? Trying to say to us. So let's look at, um, before we let go in the steps, for those of you who weren't here on Saturday, I want us to talk about our foundational basics of prayer and then how the examine can fit into it. So somebody, who was here on Saturday? All right, do you mind, can I call on you for a second? Do you remember, I'm putting you on the spot, it's a little quiz, what was the basics of the, um, the gumbo and the three fundamental ingredients of prayer? Can you be real? Celery, green pepper, and onions. The, the Cajun Trinity in Louisiana cooking, right? We call it the Cajun Trinity, is onion, bell pepper, and celery. It's the basis of every Cajun dish that we have. And from there, we can add all these type of ingredients to make things like gumbo, like shrimp creole, crawfish etouffee, red beans, and rice, right? So what were the three basics of our prayer life? Give me somebody else that was here Saturday. Y'all are getting put on the spot. Come on. Who was here Saturday? Now nobody wants to answer. Who was here Saturday? Patty, I'm about to call on you. It is, I know. Like, it's up there, and people still won't say it. But what was it, Patty? The time, space, and place, right? Our foundational basics when we want to have a prayer life is that we have to commit to a time of prayer, a place of prayer, and a space of prayer, right? So even when we're talking about the examine tonight, those three things hold true. We need a set time to pray the examine, a place to pray the examine, and a space with which in which we pray it. And when we think about all of the prayer methods that we have in our beautiful Christian faith, is that we have so many ways we can come to God in prayer. The examine is just one of them. It's one of them. We have so many. And the examine, so when I think of our prayer methods, when I'm cooking, Cajun cooking, it's just one ingredient I can throw into my God pot, right? It's one way that I can relate to God. So those things are important when we come to the examine, right? We still need a time, a space, a place, and this is just one prayer method we can tuck into our pocket, right, that we can grab and lean on. And so what the examine does, and again, you've got this in your hand, is it is a way of praying the last 24 hours of our life. It is a way of reviewing the last day with God, And what's awesome about the examine is we never run out of things to pray, right? Do you ever go to prayer and wonder, like, what do I pray? What do I say? What do I do right now? What's beautiful about the examine is all we're doing is bringing the last 24 day, 24 hours before God, right? Bringing it before God, asking God to show us what God saw, right? And, and helping us see what God sees. So let's look at the steps on your prayer card. So we're going to talk about the steps. I'm going to guide us through one. And then the, the, the last piece of our evening, I want us to look at many variations that we can do of how we can pray the examine. So if you'll see, so the examine starts. And I love, it's five steps. My busy little brain can do five steps, and I can remember these five steps. The first step is vital. It is key. Because this is not me reviewing my day by myself or us reviewing our day alone. 
The first step is asking for God to show us our day as God saw it, right? Showing us our day. So we're immediately taking our desire for prayer and pointing it to God. God, you show me what these last 24 hours have been like. A lot of times my prayer, when I pray the exam, it'll either be give me your eyes, your ears, your heart. Help me see, hear, and understand what you saw, right? The second step is you look back over your 24 hours and, and you ask God again, God, show me what I'm thankful for. Show me the gifts of my life. And you run through your day, puzzle piece by puzzle piece. And you, as the gifts come, as the Holy Spirit brings gifts to mind, you simply tell God, thank you. Thank you, right? Cultivating gratitude. The third step of the examine is to simply, again, ask God, say, hey, let's look back over my day one more time, going through the last 24 hours, and show me the places where you feel, where I feel consolation, right? And consolation is a fancy Ignatian word that I always boil down to, it's where did we feel an increase of one of the virtues in our life, especially faith, hope, or love, and where did we possibly encounter one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? Where did we feel peace today, joy? Where did we feel generosity, um, love, all those things, self-control, right? And they're all listed on your card. I, I can never remember all of the holy fruits of the Holy Spirit in a talk. <laughs> but where did we experience those, right? So if I'm looking back over my day today, I'm thinking of many conversations that happened on the retreat this morning, right? These little side conversations of people coming to me and sharing how God worked in their life. I'm thinking of a moment when we first paused for prayer and you could feel, palpably feel God's presence in the room when the whole room went silent. Laura's nodding her head. It was powerful, right? I'm thinking of a moment of just um, getting a phone call from my kids, right? Knowing that they're okay. Hearing that Brady got a haircut and Chris did what he said he'd do, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. It's these little things, right, that God speaks to us. The fourth step of the examine is looking back where Ignatius calls looking for desolation, right? Looking for where we possibly fell short today, right? Where did we possibly um, do something we regret, say something we wish we didn't say? Where did we experience a decrease of faith, hope, or love and where was it maybe something that was done to us, said to us, that we experienced? But it's also looking at ourselves and saying, man, I did not do right right here in this moment, right? Like, where, where did I fall short? And on the step three and step four, I often think of this, just imagine, I know we've talked about puzzle pieces. The other thing in the exam I want you to think about is like, y'all know the 3D glasses? like when you go see a 3D movie, and how when you don't have the glasses on, everything's really blurry, but then the second you put the glasses on, what happens? It not only clears, but things pop out, right? 
So when we're going through step three and four of the examine, we're looking for the things that kind of from our day that really stand out, like a 3D movie. Like what are the big things that God is inviting me to pay attention to in my day, right? And we just talk to God about them when the Holy Spirit brings them to mind. And then the fifth and final step of the examine is simply looking from the present moment where you're praying the examine to the next day ahead, right? And so saying to God, hey, in light of what you showed me I'm thankful for, where I felt your presence, where I struggled, messed up, or some, I'm, some, I'm feeling sorrow, whatever I'm feeling, give me what I need for the grace ahead for the next 24 hours, right? Praying through your upcoming day, right? God, give me the grace for, you know, help me finish my talk one time, right? <laughs> um, help me get to the airport, travel safely, bring my family back home, all the things, right? praying my upcoming day. So before we go, is there any questions before I guide us through an examine? Everybody good on the steps? All right. The best way to learn the examine and let it really, and y'all, I have listened to so many talks on the examine, and even if you've already heard it and all, I hope that there's something new that you pick up, right? Because there's always so many things to learn about the examine. So I'm going to invite Paul to just kind of play a little bit of um, quiet piano music as a musician can do. <laughs> and I'm just going to invite all of you in here just to simply get in a comfortable position. Just close your eyes. You don't even need your prayer card. I'm just going to invite us to go through it. Everybody just close your eyes. Just take some big deep breaths in. Slowly let it out. And just as you breathe in and out, just lean into the gift of God's presence. The gift that God is always with us. We begin our examine in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this is all done in the quiet of your heart. And just using your own words, invite God to show you your day, the last 24 hours as God saw it. Lord, give us your eyes to see what you saw. Give us your ears so we can hear what you heard. Give us your heart, Lord, 
so we can understand what you do. And I want to invite you back to Sunday evening around 7 o'clock. And from that moment to the present moment we're in, just invite God to show you the gifts. What are you thankful for? All through the evening, into the early morning, throughout your day. And as the Holy Spirit brings a gift to mind, a moment of your day, just offer words of thanks. It might be something you ate, that you saw, a person you encountered, an experience. Whatever it is, just thank God. feel the Holy Spirit kind of drawing you back again to last Sunday night. Review your day again. Imagine Jesus just walking with you through your night, your morning, your day, picking up the pieces, looking at them together, and you're looking with him for the moments you felt an increase of love or maybe something that helped you hope. Perhaps something that increased your faith. Where did you possibly feel one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Peace. Patience, kindness, gentleness, joy, generosity, self-control. Notice what you were doing, who you were with when you felt these things these moments of consolation. And perhaps pick one or two that kind of jump off like on that 3D movie screen. It might be a moment that God really has your heart about and just simply pause Talk to God about what is being stirred to mind right now.
What is God offering you and what God's brought to mind about your day? And when you feel the draw of the Holy Spirit moving you to that fourth step, return again to Sunday evening and walk again one more time through your day. Asking Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, whoever you're comfortable talking to, to show you the places that maybe seem to lack God's presence. Maybe where you felt a decrease of faith, of hope, or love. A moment where you felt the opposite of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you felt anxious or envious, or angry, or sad, or sorrowful. Maybe Jesus might be ever so gently reminding you of a moment that you felt short today. Or you said something or didn't say something that hurt another. Or a time you didn't speak out when you felt God calling you to. Perhaps it's a relationship that comes to mind that's hurt, that's broken where you are seeking to forgive either yourself or someone else. If there's something you seek to say sorry for, do so now. And again, maybe if one or two moments jump out, what, what is God saying to you, offering you? And finally, I invite us back to this moment. When Monday night, and thinking through all that God has now shown you that you're grateful for, the places in your day where you have felt a moment of God's presence, and possibly those places where you felt short, just pray for the grace you need for this upcoming 24 hours.
What is the grace you need for the day ahead? And gathering together all the ways we have been uniquely spoken to by God in these last few minutes. Let's gather together our prayers, our intentions, by praying together the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> But one of the amazing things I love about being a spiritual director, and especially on a day when I'm listening to back-to-back -back people's prayer, it's always amazing to me how God is moving so uniquely in the person's life, right? And how, um, and we were talking about this this morning at the retreat, like even when we pray, if we all prayed with the same scripture, right, that a different word would catch each one of our hearts, right? Just like tonight, praying the examine, we each had different gifts that God showed us. We each had different moments where we felt God's presence, but that God is tending to us that personally. Isn't that awesome? That personally, that uniquely, to say like, hey, Becky, don't forget this. <laughs> don't forget that. <laughs> Spotlight on this. And when I think of the graces of the examine in my life, right? So I know I told y'all I learned it at Katrina, right after Katrina. But this is a prayer that comes back into my life. I think God truly brings it to me when I need it, right? Just like all of our prayer methods, that sometimes I'll find myself drawn to Scripture, praying with Scripture, um, my big ones, are, and then sometimes it'll be different books of the Bible, but the examine is one of the ones God brings back to me over and over again. So just about a month ago, as I was sitting down in my prayer chair at 5.30 in the morning with my cup of coffee, I found myself, I kept coming back to the examine, right? And God was bringing me back to, and it's because I think I'm in a huge season of discernment right now, and so the examine is helping me ground and really go each day, like, what am I noticing, right? And so I think some of the beautiful gifts of praying in the exam, and one is I put up here, I call it, we're, we're called, we live awake, right? Like y'all were sharing earlier, it's saying like, man, I could have missed so many things. But I think the praying the exam in every day helps us live with our eyes wide open, right? And we can really come to understand um, where God is and God's moving in our day. I think it definitely helps us um, cultivate gratitude. My dear mentor, Tom McGrath, he always says um, that Ignatian spirituality, he says, can be boiled down to three statements. Be grateful, be generous, and be available. 
And I think the examine helps us go, okay, what, what am I grateful for today? It grows our gratitude. It reminds us of all the places we had opportunities to be generous. <laughs> and sometimes we, we hit it and sometimes we miss it. And the moments that we can be available, right, to, to generously share our gifts with others. So it can cultivate gratitude. I think it builds awareness of God in all things. Like we learn that God can speak to us besides just in this building. Um, and I think it, for me personally, it helps me remember that I'm not alone. When I look back over my day and I look at all the ways that God was with me, and that when I've prayed that for decades, you know, for almost two decades now, it really has helped me realize like how much God is with me, right? And then I think that I call the exam, and I keep pointing over there, but the computer's that way. <laughs> um, I think it helps us retune our lives, right? It helps us keep, it's like, you know, when the GPS was like, you remember, um, I guess we don't really have GPS as much anymore. Remember the ones that used to talk that you had to plug in and they'd be like, recalibrating, recalibrating. I think the exam helps us recalibrate, right? It helps us go, wait a minute. Like, let's look at where work today, let's look at what's off, and we're going to do better tomorrow, right? We're going to recalibrate and pray for the grace we need, ask God for the help um, so that we can tune. I always think of it like a piano, when a piano gets a little bit out of whack, and we got to retune it. One day I'll have to tell you all my story of um, getting the piano up a second story stairs at my house, and my husband loves me for that. <laughs> So I want us to think about now a couple different ways besides the daily examine, which is what we just prayed, different ways that I have found the examine very helpful. And again, some of the things I'm going to talk about in here, I know that it's not every person's stage of life, but just roll with, like just bear with me because we're going to come to another one that probably will be. <laughs> but this one, an examine over a period of time is something we can all do. And what, at times, one of the big Ignatian principles is looking backwards to better understand where we're going. Do y'all know the scripture in the Old Testament, um, the story of Hagar? I know this is not one that everybody reads. <laughs> but Hagar, if you remember, was when Abram and Sarah, they really wanted a child. And so Sarai, at the time, tells Hagar, you know, that to go and have relations with her husband so that in order to have a child. And she gets pregnant. She has a child. And Sarai, at the time, is, treats her so badly that Hagar goes running out into the desert, into the wilderness, right, because she's so mistreated. And while she's out in the desert, um, God asks her, first of all, God sees her. But he asked her two questions. He says, where have you come from and where are you going? Right? Where, are you, where have you come from and where are you going? And so I think that the examine, just like we do on a daily basis, we're kind of looking at with God like, well, where have we come from? What has happened here? Where are we going tomorrow? But when we do it over a period, and you can see as I put up there, such as we can look back over our whole week, Right? Or maybe we come to the end of the month and we do an examine over the whole month or a whole quarter. Chris and I, 
Y'all are just going to really learn how dorky my family is tonight. Let's just, this is going to be, y'all going to hear a lot about my, how we do this in my family. But every December, when the world is making New Year's resolutions for January 1st, one of the first things that Chris and I do is we pray an annual examine, right? We look back, and we do this separately. We, get, we don't do it together. But we both pray and look back, ask God to show us our entire year, right? God, show me the gifts of the year. Show me all the moments that I've felt your presence. Where, am I, where were the moments I struggled? And in light of what you've shown me, where are you calling us for 2020, for the, like we just did this, right, for 2020. So we can do an examine over an entire year. And y'all, just like we even already said tonight, I'm always surprised at what God brings to mind, right? The moments that, I, like, the, that it's like you were saying, God's like, oh, you forgot that, you know? Like, here's the spotlight, you forgot this one. So the examine can be prayed over a period of time, and and I think this is where the examine can really help us, what I call live the Ignatian way, which is really living in a way where we are people of prayer, that we are discerning people, we're going to God to ask what our next steps are, and then when we know, we take action, right? When God has made our next right step clear, we take a step forward. And I think the examine is a key piece to living like this, right? I call it living the Ignatian way or kind of living it as a contemplative inaction, right? It's committing to I'm going to be a person of prayer, I'm going to be a person who discerns, and when God has shown me how to act, I'm going to do so. I'm going to take my next right step. And so I think this value of praying the examine over the year, it helps us know where have I been, <laughs> right? It's Hagar's questions. Where have I been? Where am I going? I think it helps us notice big movements of God in our life. For instance, when Chris and I were looking and we did our annual examine, one of the things that we noticed was we, a lot of our family time together was feeling very harried, right? We were kind of jumping from one thing to the next. And so as God brought that both to our minds individually and then when we came together to talk about it, we realized, like, hey, we've just got to set a different pace for our family life. And, it's, and God has really helped us lean into being very clear on what are our yeses, right? And being very mindful that some of the, the things that we were saying yes to, we were also saying no to family time by saying that yes. Right? So that's a thing that came to us as we prayed the examine. Um, and I think it makes us aware of patterns in our life, right? Um, and invitations that God kind of stirs like over and over again. And when we pray over this period, right? So again, at the end, um, when we talk about guided things, there's also a guided annual examine that is recorded to take you through. Um, and there's also a whole handout that you can download if you're like a writer like me. I like to visually write things out that you can look back. I mean, we're in February 10th. It's not too late to go do an examine over your year, right? This is my hubby, Chris. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Um, but the examine is something that I'm very grateful Chris and I both know. Chris and I have been married almost 17 years. Um, I would say probably in the last maybe 10 years, we have both really committed to 
praying the examine as part of our relationship. And there's, um, and this could be whether married life, if you're dating someone, whatever, any relationship, honestly. But I'm going to talk for a second about it just as a couple. And Chris and I pray the examine in one of two ways. Either we each individually pray and examine, like just like we did tonight, right? Do a daily examine or maybe an examine over a period of time. And then we come together in conversation and share what stirred, right? What did God bring up? So for instance, like when we did this with the annual examine, we did that separately. And then when we came together to share. When he and I are making a big decision, a discernment, such as moments when we were trying to decide, is God calling us to move home? Um, is there a shift in career? Like, is it a new job? Is there a big, I mean, we just did the exam and we were trying to figure out if it was time to buy Chris a new car, right? We were trying to go, okay, you know, do we have the money for this? I mean, it was something we just kept bringing into prayer and talking about. So you can do the exam where you're praying separately and then sharing what you notice. Or there's times, and I'll be very real, this is a little more intimate, and it's sometimes hard to do because it's kind of vulnerable to pray with your spouse like that. But we will step by step, like we'll open with a prayer together, and then like one of us will guide the kind of process, and we'll say out loud, one step at a time, what are you thankful for today? Right? And we'll each name it out loud. Where did you feel God's presence today? And talk about it. Where did you struggle today? And we'll talk about it. Right? What is your hope for tomorrow? And then talk about it. Right? So either one of those ways, individually praying and then sharing the insights, or truly praying it together. Y'all, it is a powerful prayer that has really saved Chris and I in many moments of our marriage. I'm just going to be real. Right? Um, Because it's really hard to share that sometimes when you're a little bit annoyed with the other person. (laughs) But y'all never get annoyed with your right. (laughs) And I really think the value of this, this is Chris and I on New Year's Eve um, night. We always do a huge New Year, South Louisiana style uh, New Year's Eve party at our house. It's like insane. There's like 70 people. Kids are like climbing the walls. But it's so much fun. But I think the value that I feel of this that has come for our marriage is It helps us name God in our relationship, right? It helps me, like, over and over again, when Chris shows up as um, a gift of the day, right, or an experience of love that he's reflected in, in some sense, it just really helps me understand how much our love for each other is a mirror of God's love, right? That that's what we're called to. Um, And I do think it helps us get clarity, Like right now, Chris is, there's a discernment. He got a call from a company kind of recruiting him. If we, y'all, we not moving. God help me. Please keep me in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. (laughs) But we're both continuing to pray every day and just kind of notice, how is this sitting with us in the examine, right? Is it hitting at that step three? Is there consolation about it? Or is there some desolation? Is there something that we need to pay attention to, right? So it helps us with clarity. um, And it really helps us pray for our marriage, for our kids, for our family, right? 
Because we're bringing our whole life before God, which for me, as a married lay woman who is a mom of three, my life, there's a lot that's involved in my family, right? But it helps me bring them before God. It helps, it helps Chris bring them before God. Um, and I know I already talked about the annual exam that we do together. Any questions on the couple exam before I move to praying it as a family? Everybody good? Anybody ever prayed the exam as a couple? Okay, some of you couples in here. Jill, you kind of raised your hand, yeah? Yeah? You want to add anything to what I said? You're like, good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about praying examine with a family. And whether, um, and I mean, or just think of like with a small group of people and that there's children involved, right? So maybe if you're a grandparent, maybe you're an aunt, you're an uncle, you're a friend, that you're a babysitter, whatever it is. This is how um, a Lutheran pastor taught me how to do this prayer as a family. Um, Y'all, I crack up at this picture because this is not what family dinner actually looks like in my house. But a friend of mine has this like food service that she delivers food. And so she took these like really fancy pictures of my family eating. And I'm like, this is not what it really looks like in our house at dinner. It's a little chaotic. But so we pray the exam as a family in two different ways. And a lot of times right now, at this moment in life, we are doing this at the family dinner table. Um, part of it is we've got different bedtimes now, the older, because I've got a five-year-old and a son that's about to be 13. So a lot of times as we close out family dinner is when we will do this. 